welcome to the Good Fight Sports Podcast, your home for local sports here in the 574. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of the Good Fight Sports Podcast. My name is Kenny Kramer. I'm the host, and this is Sunday, June 4th. Um, if you're wondering, yes, there's been two episodes recorded uh, in one day. Uh, one was a special episode for the Indy 500. That was our previous episode. Um, that was a special. Um, this one is back to the regular scheduled pro- programming, as we've uh, stated before. Uh, this one is the sports end of everything that happened last week. Uh, and this one, there will be no Nick Shirk, unfortunately. Uh, he had a prior engagement. So it'll just be me this week for the sports. Uh, so we're going to jump right in here. Um, new HNAC member. Uh, the rumors have been made official. Um, yes, North Miami is going to the Hoosier North Athletic Conference. It has been confirmed, and they will start. They will be in the Hoosier North starting in 2024-2025. So the Hoosier North has now um, got... Teams to replace both LaVille and Knox. Um, They also added South Central for football only. Picked up Oregon Davis, Argus, and North Miami. Really don't know if uh, Oregon Davis is a step up from LaVille and Knox. And or Knox. Um, It is not, actually. I'll answer my own question. Yeah, it terrible decision to pick up Oregon Davis for the Hoosier North. Uh, I would have done it extremely differently. Wouldn't even touch Oregon Davis with a 10-foot pole. Um, They were pretty set in the conference they were in, the Hoosier Plains Conference. And I don't know why the Hoosier North decided, hey, you know who would be a uh, good pickup? Oregon Davis. The last time Oregon Davis was good, that was back in girls basketball when they had head coach Terry Minix. Other than that, Oregon Davis has been terrible. Boys basketball hasn't been good since Travis Hanna was the head coach, and they've won uh, the state tournament back in, I believe, 2007, and they were good in 2008 or 2006. They were two, uh, two good years in a row where they won over 20 games. They won a state championship, too, with Travis Hanna. And then Travis Hanna went to Glenn, and boys basketball for Oregon Davis went down the crapper. Uh, if you're an Oregon Davis alum or fan, sorry, not sorry. Um, that's just the way it is. Um, so moving on now, new Three Rivers Conference member, uh, Northwestern, has been approved and accepted into the Three Rivers Conference, and they will start in 2024-2025 and they are replacing North Miami. If you're wondering, no, I am not talking about Northwestern University. Um, This is Northwestern High School. believe they're just northwest of Knox, I think. They're in the Knox region, if I'm not mistaken. So they're down there, and it it looks to me like the Three Rivers is starting to go south, which is abandoning the main members of that conference. Which are the which are the northern end schools of the conference? Rochester, um, Peru, Whitco, schools like that that are in the conference now, 
and they're starting to go south. So does that mean that Rochester leaves the Three Rivers so that way the Three Rivers can go more south like it looks like they are? I don't know. That That's what it looks like. Um, that That's... It's mainly been a conspiracy on the um, pages and stuff that I follow for high school football, high school basketball, and just high school conference news, sports news in general, and stuff like that. That's that's what's talked about. It looks like the Three Rivers Conference is going more south, leaving the northern schools fending for themselves and having to travel ridiculous um, – times to get to their games now uh so we'll see what happens in the three rivers conference um and conference in general on honestly we're still not done with all of the realignment stuff so we could be in for a whirlwind here before high school football starts um and we will have a schedule breakdown soon of laville um so if you're wondering uh, we will be doing another schedule breakdown before LaVille starts their football season. So don't you don't want to miss that. Um, so going to high school baseball now. Um, high school baseball has kind of been the big thing that's happened um, so far. So we're going to start in 4A. Uh, Penn Kingsman, defending state champs, won the Northridge sectional against Goshen. 10 to nothing in six innings. Uh, the Kingsmen advanced to the regionals uh, in Laporte. Saturday and June 3rd, which would be yesterday. So yesterday, uh, the Kingsmen defeated the Slicers uh, for the regional title 6-2. to two. Kingsmen pitcher Adam Lehman threw a complete game and finished with one hit and seven strikeouts. Um, those are uh, labeled Ks if you're not into baseball. So if you see a K uh, for baseball, that is a strikeout. Either I think it's frontwards K is a strikeout swinging, backwards K is the strikeout looking. I think that's how it works. If I'm wrong, someone please correct me. Uh, and then the port finishes the year 20 and 10 overall and sectional champions. Uh, obviously, the Kingsmen advance to the port semi state and will face Lake Central in the first round of semi state. Uh, semi state is two rounds. We have the semifinals and then the championship game at night. 3A, uh, New Prairie won the John Glenn sectional at Newton Park in Lakeville, 10 to 1, and the Cougars will advance to play Andran in the regionals. Um, all of the regional games that I will say start on Saturday, well, were yesterday, June 3rd. Um, so the Cougars yesterday lost to Andran, 9 to 4. Cougars finished the year 22, 8 and 1. And sectional champions, uh, Andrean moves on to face Norwell in the first round of the Oak Hill semi-state. 3A, also Mishawaka Marion won their sectional against arch rival Saint, uh, South Bend St. Joe. Um, fun fact, that whole series, uh, football, basketball, whatever, whatever sport it is uh, between Marion and St. Joe, is considered the Holy War. So if you ever hear of the Holy War, that's for high school anyway, that's who they're talking about is uh, Mishawaka Marion and South Bend St. Joe. So the Knights advance to the Frankfurt Regional uh, to face Frankfurt in regionals. And so yesterday, the Knights lost to Frankfurt 
eleven to seven. So Marion finishes the year twenty and nine and sectional champions. Uh, Frankfurt advances to the uh, to play Heritage in the first round of the Oak Hill, Oak Hill semi-state as well. Uh, moving on to two A, Bremen won the Wabash sectional against Rochester six to two, and the Lions now face uh, Delphi face Delphi yesterday in the regionals. Uh, the Lions came up short. Uh, lost ten to two. The Lions finished the year eleven and fifteen, and sectional champions uh, Delphi advances to play the winner of Win uh, to play Winchester in the first round of the Kokomo semi-state. And then wrapping up one A, Marquette Catholic won the Tri Township sectional. Tri Township is formally known as Lacrosse. So if you ever hear of Tri Township, that is the former Lacrosse High School. So fun fact there. Uh, and lost to, they won that sectional against Triton in extra innings, one to nothing. So the Blazers advanced to play Morgan Township in the regionals yesterday, and they won that one four to three. Um, the Cherokees finished the year. That's Marquette Catholic. Uh, that's uh, Morgan Township, by the way. So the uh, Morgan uh, Morgan Township finishes the year sixteen and thirteen, and sectional champions. The Blazers move on to the Lafayette Jefferson semi-state and will face Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian in that first round. So we're also going to move on to high school softball now. <sighs> 4A, Penn. They won their sectional uh, against Elkhart 13-2. So the Kingsmen move on to face South Bend St. Joe in regionals. Um and then South Bend St. Joe won the Mishawaka sectional against Laporte, fourteen to nothing. So, and then both so obviously the Indians and Kingsmen move on to the uh, regional, and that was played at South Bend St. Joe in um, St. Joseph Park, uh, up near the state line in South Bend. So the Kingsmen defeated St. Joe Thursday, uh, Tuesday night um, in front of 9,000 people was recorded at a high school softball game. Um, they won th- uh, The Kingsmen won 3 to nothing, and so Penn moved on to face Lafayette Harrison uh, in the first round of that semi-state. And St. Joe finishes the year 27-4, sectional champions, and I believe they were Northern Indiana Conference champions at 11-0. I'm... I'm I think I'm right on that. I think. If I'm wrong, someone please correct me. So moving on to um, semi-state for Penn yesterday. First round, they uh, Penn defeated uh, West Lafayette Harrison, the host um, of that semi-state, um, four to three. So Kingsman starting pitcher Olivia uh, Signorino. Uh, she she's now three and zero after this win, uh, went four and a third, and finished with one earned run, uh, gave up three hits, and got four strikeouts in those four and a third innings, and then Aubrey Zachary came in as a closer, went two and two thirds, and finished with one earned run, gave up a hit, and got two strikeouts. Uh, Raider pitcher Ryland Gick went, you know, who is now fourteen and four after the loss. She pitched all seven innings, uh, gave up two earned runs, gave up four hits, but got ten strikeouts. Uh, and then Harrison finishes the year twenty-six and six, 
regional champions, sectional champions, and North Central Conference champions at three and one. The Kingsmen now twenty six four and one advanced to face Lake Central in the semi state championship game yesterday. And the Kingsmen won that one by the score of five to one. Uh, Olivia Signorino also pitched in that game for the Kingsmen, got the win, went all seven innings, uh, gave up one earned run, gave up three hits, got ten strikeouts. Indians pitcher Sofia uh, Calderero, who is now 16-4. and four, uh, Also, so back to uh, Olivia Signorino. She's now 4-0 with this win. Uh, and then uh, uh, Calderaro is now 16-4. She went all seven innings. Uh, finished with five earned runs, gave up eight hits, and got one strikeout. Uh, so not the best showing for her, uh, but the Indians, the the uh, Lake Central Indians finishes uh, finished the year 29-5-1, regional champions, sectional champions, and Dunlin Conference champions at 14-0. The Kingsmen now 27-4-1, advanced to the state finals. And they will face Indianapolis Ron Colley, and they are 31-3-1. So it's going to be a tough game for the Kingsmen. Uh, my pick in that one will be Penn. I just think Penn has something going. Um, and if they can get Olivia, Olivia Signorino to pitch the way she has been in these last two games, I think there is I, – I don't see Ron Colley pulling it off. Then again, I don't know a whole lot about both teams. I haven't been to a game, so this is all me going based on stats that I've seen for two games. So I I, I might be wrong. I might not be, but I think Penn just has something going, and uh, I like Penn in the game. Uh, I consider myself kind of a Penn fan. I like Penn football. Mostly a fan of the marching band. Marching band is a sport, by the way. Um, don't change. Can't change my mind on that. Uh, but anyway, moving on to three A softball. New Prairie uh, won the Jimtown sectional uh, against the host Jimtown Jimmies, ten to nothing. Uh, the Cougars now move on to face Tippy uh, Tippecanoe Valley in regionals which the Cougars defeated Tippy Valley Tuesday 16 to nothing. So the Cougars advanced to the um, Twin Lakes semi-state to face Hanover Central in the first round. Um, and New Prairie won that one by the score of 12 to 2 in 5 innings. Uh, Cougar starting pitcher Ava Geyer went all 5 innings, finished with uh, she gave up 5 hits, gave up 2 runs and had 12 strikeouts. Zero earned runs, by the way. Um, Wildcat pitcher um, Ellie Mowry went two and two-thirds. And I I don't like reading these two uh, two, uh, lines of stats here for uh, Mowry and the next pitcher. It's just, ugh. So Mowry gave up six earned runs. Gave up 11 hits, gave up seven runs, and only had two strikeouts. Ah, dang. Not a good stat line. And then the next pitcher, Peyton um, Antikiewicz, went two innings and finished with four earned runs, gave up six hits, 
Also gave up five runs and only had four strikeouts. Uh, Hanover Central Wildcats now finished the year 23-3, and regional champions, sectional champions, and greater South Shore champions at 10-1. and Cougars advanced to face Leo in the semi-state championship game. And the Cougars defeated Leo by a score of one to nothing. Uh, Ava Geyer again went all seven innings, gave up only two hits, and only had nine strikeouts. Had no earned runs, gave up no runs, only had two hits. Uh, it was a combined two hitter. It, yeah, it, it was a two hitter for Geyer. Um, complete game, just absolutely dominant. Uh, Leo finishes the year 26-2, and two, regional champions and sectional champions. And the Cougars advance to the 3A champion, state championship game against Tri-West Hendricks, and they are 27-5. and five. So we're going to stay in 3A really quickly because East Noble won the Northwood sectional against Fairfield 9-4. to four. Uh, East Noble now faces Leo in regionals, and Leo defeated the East Noble Knights, 6 to nothing. That was Tuesday. Um, let's see, that was Tuesday. I don't remember the date. I'm sorry. Uh, so Leo faces Yorktown in the first round of the Twin Lakes semi-state. East Noble finishes the year 19-10 and 10 and sectional champions. Leo defeated Twin Lakes, uh, defeated Yorktown to move on to face... Um, uh, who'd they face? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Face uh, New Prairie. That's right. My bad. Uh, so, they, yeah, Leo faced New Prairie and then lost, obviously. I'm not going to recover that one. 2A, Hebron won the South Central Union Mills sectional against Wheeler, 10 to nothing. Uh, so Hebron moves on to face Andrean in the regionals, and unfortunately, Hebron lost that one uh, Tuesday to Andran, 5 to nothing. Andran moves on to face Delphi in the first round of the Warsaw semi-state. Hebron finished the year 26-4, and sectional champions, and Porter, Counter Porter County Conference champions at 7-0. and uh, Andran lost to Delphi, and Delphi moves on to... Uh, moved on to the semi-state championship game, I do believe. Uh, staying in 2A, Lewis Cass won the Rochester sectional against Pioneer, 15-5. The, uh, the Kings now move on to face Delphi, and Delphi defeated them Tuesday by a score of one to nothing. So Delphi moves on to face Andran in the first round of the Warsaw semi-state. Lewis Cash finishes the year 7-21, and that's the record I found on Max Preps. If I'm wrong in that, please correct me. Uh, according, yeah, that was according to Max Preps, and they finished as sectional champions as well. Uh, Delphi defeated, obviously, Andran to move on to um, semi-state championship game. That's what. And then 1A to wrap up, uh, look, uh, softball. Westville won their sectional against Triton, 16-2. Blackhawks now move on to face Couts in regional. And Couts defeated the Blackhawks, 7-6. Uh, so Couts moves on to face Caston, and Caston won that game. 
Um, that game was played in the Frankfurt semi-state, and Westville finishes the year 18-9 and and sectional champions. Whew! That was a lot. <sighs> now to breathe. Uh, so now we're going to jump right into college sports, and we're going to go right into um, lacrosse. Biggest thing that happened for lacrosse was Notre Dame-Duke. That was for the national championship. And Notre Dame won their first ever men's lacrosse national championship uh, Monday, May 29th on Memorial Day by the score of 13-9 over the uh, top seed Duke Blue Devils. Seven different Irish players scored a goal during that game, which was absolutely incredible to watch and just incredible um, lacrosse talent on the field. Um we're, we're, we're going to get into a little bit more here in a little bit. Um, and then six players scored. So six, seven Irish players scored at least one goal, as I said. But then six of those players scored at least two goals. No one scored more than two. But everyone at least had a goal who scored. Uh, and then goalie Liam Entman uh, was named most outstanding player of the tournament. After a record and season high, um, 18 saves in the game. So it was. So we'll start off first. The first half, Notre Dame had a six to one lead at halftime, uh, and Notre Dame was just dominant. Um, it was. It, it was just the defense was was just outstanding. Uh Chris Fake uh was playing uh Duke's best um best player uh offensively and Brennan O'Neill who won the Toraton award uh shut him down only allowed uh Brennan O'Neill to get I think two points uh on, on the on the day. He I think he got an assist and a goal. I don't think he scored two goals. I don't remember him scoring two goals. Um, so Chris Fake was the unsung hero of the game for Notre Dame just because of his defense on Brendan O'Neill in the first half. Just amazing. Um, and offensively, it took a little bit for Notre Dame to get going, but once they found their offensive rhythm, they got going in that first half. And then the second half hit. And Duke came out and scored four unanswered goals. Notre Dame answered with a quick goal. But Duke came right back, tied it up at seven. Um, and then Notre Dame scored two more goals before the half ended, before that third quarter ended to make it nine to seven going into the fourth quarter. And Notre Dame scored four goals in the fourth quarter to seal the deal and um, hold Duke to their lowest uh, scoring the whole season. So Notre Dame held Duke in the first the first so the first time they met was in Arlotta Stadium back in April and the score of that one was 17 to 12. Uh, not as close as the scoreboard says. Uh, Notre Dame dominated that one too and 12 was the lowest scoring for Duke during the season on two separate occasions. Uh, but Notre Dame held them to nine points in the national championship. Uh, just great defense. Uh, Liam Entman 
obviously the catalyst of that defense for Notre Dame just lights out. So, and then Pat Cavanaugh went on the Pat McAfee show um, just to do like an interview. And he was heard on there saying that both uh, himself and Liam Entman will return for a fifth year. Uh, players now get a fifth year. It's called the COVID year. I don't know when the NCAA is going to drop this. If they do, then cool. If they don't, cool. Uh, I'm kind of neutral either way. Obviously, when a good player from Notre Dame comes back, obviously I'm going to be a fan of it. Um, but I really don't have a say in either if it's good or bad. But if they do come back, as the as uh, Pat Cavanaugh has stated, that would be awesome, and I would highly expect Notre Dame to be the favorite to win the national championship next year if both of those players come back. Um, we're going to stay with Irish lacrosse because they traveled to Germany a couple days after winning the national championship for a 10-day foreign tour. Uh, they left Wednesday, May 31st, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then they won the Nations Cup uh, earlier today. Uh, I believe that there is a time difference. Um, so when they won, I believe it was like almost afternoon there. And it was still, I believe, 8, 7, 8 o'clock here. So a th- little bit of time difference. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something that you're probably never going to hear me do again. Um, but it does come from Nick a while. For uh, Nick sometimes. Um, I'm going to talk about Purdue. So Purdue is renovating their stadium. Ross Aid Stadium, by the way. Um, and they're adding more seating into the south end zone area. Um, and it looks like and sounds like renovations will be completed by the start of the season. Um, if, if you know anything about Ross State Stadium and Purdue's football stadium, you know it's kind of it's kind of a poor man's horseshoe. Um, obviously when you think when I say the horseshoe, uh, the first thing that would come to your mind if you are a sports fan, uh, would be uh, Ohio Stadium, where Ohio State, Ohio State's, Ohio State plays, um, and they call it the horseshoe because it it's a horseshoe. Uh, so Purdue is kind of that poor man's vor- version of it. Um, it's not really a horseshoe, but I mean it kind of does look like a horseshoe. Um, but they're adding more seating um, and putting in more patio areas I, I I don't know Purdue that much so when I say patio areas if you're a Purdue fan you've been there you probably know what I'm talking about if you're not a Purdue fan then you have no idea what I'm talking about kind of like I do right now I have no idea what I'm talking about anyway uh, moving on GCU gotta bring up my uh, gotta bring up my school uh, Grand Canyon won its third straight Western Athletic Conference Commissioner's Cup. Um, this is given out to the uh, best performing athletic department uh, in the conference. And GCU has been named best performing athletic conference for the past three years. So this is a big, big time pickup. Uh, congratulations to the GCU Lopes on winning this. Um, just awesome. Uh, let's make it four 
next year. Conf- uh, conference finals for NBA. Uh, game seven. Miami was able to close out the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals Monday night. That was May 29th in Boston. And the final score. The final score was 103 to 84. Jimmy Butler finished with 28 points. Kayla Martin had 26 points and 10 rebounds. And Bam Adebayo had 12 points and 10 rebounds. Those players play for the Miami Heat. And then for the Celtics, Jalen Brown had 19 points. Derek White had 18 points. And Jason Tatum had 14, 14 for the Celtics as well. Um, also, all but two Celtics players had a positive plus-minus ratio for the game. Plus-minus is your average, is the average points your team is down by or up by. So you take the your, your team score, the other team score, add it up. You, 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 yeah, I really don't know how they come up with the plus minus that, that well. Um, but I think it's the average points your team is up by or down by. And all but two Celtics had a positive one. I believe the highest on there was 20. I believe it was Jason Tatum. And then Miami moves on to face the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals. And then, so game one was June 1st. That was Thursday. And then Denver won that by the score of 104 to 93. Uh, Jokic finished with another triple double. Obviously, with 27 points, 14 rebounds, and 10 assists. Jamal Murray added 26 points and 10 assists. And Michael Porter Jr. added 14 points and grabbed 23 rebounds for um, the Nuggets. For the Heat, Bam Adebayo had 26 points and 13 rebounds. And Jimmy Butler only had 13 uh, so a good defense on Jimmy Butler and forced Bam Adebayo to f- basically run the team. And I don't think Miami likes to do that. Uh, give me uh, the Nuggets in game two. Give me the Nuggets for the series in six. Making my prediction now. Mark it down. Believe it's going six games. And the Denver Nuggets will pull off the win in six games. Other NBA news now. Uh, The Golden State Warriors president and general manager, Bob Myers, is stepping down. Uh, He's not renewing his contract. Uh, This was not a surprise because both parties did not uh, discuss contract renewal during the season and in the offseason, and it was pretty speculated that Myers was going to leave the team fairly fairly soon, and when he did, it wasn't surprising. Uh, But in his 11 seasons as the GM slash president of the Warriors, they went uh, 571 and 304 in the regular season, and then 108 and 51 in the playoffs. They also won. They they were also five-time Pacific Division champions, six-time Western Conference champions, 
reached the NBA Finals six times, and then were four-time NBA champions in 2014, 15, 2016, 17, 2017, 18, and 2021, 2022. Ah, yes, that was when it that was when it was. Um, Myers was also named the executive of the year two times, and that was in 2014, 15, and 2016, 17. And Myers was also the one who helped the Warriors draft Draymond Green and also pick up Kevin Durant in the offseason of 2016 in the summer, uh, which was a big pickup after the Warriors went 73-9. and um, People still call that a bad move for Kevin Durant's part, but Kevin Durant was just chasing a ring at that point. Um, yeah. Most players are now. They're chasing rings. So, And then also in the Western Conference, former Suns head coach Monty Williams has agreed to a six-year, $72 million deal to become the next head coach of the Detroit Pistons. And then I saw I saw this uh, little little snippet here, and I thought this would be a good thing to add. So someone found out that based on incentives – and team options and stuff like that. So reaching the conference finals, stuff like that, whatever, what have you. The deal could reach eight years and be one hundred million. Uh, that and then so this deal will be finalized in the coming days. Um, if it's not finalized by today, it'll be finalized probably tomorrow. It probably already has been, and I just haven't been paying attention. Then Frank Vogel. Uh, former L.A. Lakers head coach and Indiana Pacers head coach is now becoming the next head coach of the Phoenix Suns, and his con- and his contract is going to be five years, thirty-one million. So, lot lot of uh, players moving around, a lot of coaches moving around. Uh, this is only going to start the whole process of this. Uh, be ready to see a lot of players moving once the NBA Finals are over and done. Uh, the offseason is when everything becomes crazy, uh, as we saw in the summer of 2016. So with that, we're going to wrap up Episode 15. Thanks for joining. Tune in next week. Uh, until then, so long, everybody. Hey guys, it's Kenny, host of The Good Fight. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to hear more, you can check out our website at thelugnutspodcastgroup.com for all information related to the podcast and where to listen to us. You can also follow the Patreon page for exclusive benefits for the show. Join us next time for The Good Fight.